everyone, this is Will from Beijing, China, and welcome to this brand new and exciting episode of The Missing Piece. For years that we believe this bilateral relations between China and African nations and should not be or will never be underestimated. If you follow our show that previously we talk about some of the unique countries in Africa, for example, Rwanda, Nigeria, and many more. However, very seldom we get the chance to hear this relationship between China and another unique but interesting country called Zimbabwe, which is also strategically located in Africa. Over the years that we know under the Belt and Road Initiative that China is actively engaging not only this domestic infrastructure project, but also we're helping many African nations to boost the economic growth. And the purpose, it's very simple, to make the message clear and let the African friends and to realize that China is always on your side. However, to our viewers and audience that we don't get a chance to understand the full scope of the story. So that's why today it's my great honor to invite a distinguished guest and from this country, Zimbabwe, to share with us how this relationship has been doing and where this relationship is heading for the coming new year. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome our special guest and Eric, welcome to the show. Eric, welcome to the missing piece. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for the invitation. No problem. The pleasure is all mine. Now, let's get started. Eric, again, as I mentioned before, very seldom we don't get the chance to hear about this country. Now, before we get to that question, could you please briefly introduce yourself and what brought you to China at the first place? Okay. Um, my name is Tunga Mirai Eric Impola, and my Chinese name is Milai. Uh, I'm from uh, the Republic of Zimbabwe, and which is located in the southern part of Africa. And um, yeah, actually, what brought me here, of course, I came here to to uh, actually do my studies. I'm I'm studying uh, masters in um, global governance and international affairs at Zhejiang University. And before I I also did um, I also had a bachelor in in Zhejiang University of Science and Technology, which was a bachelor in applied physics. So after finishing my bachelor, I then changed to to uh, international affairs and global governance. But actually, what actually attracted me the most to actually um, uh, apply to come and study in China, I think it was most of. Uh, the, a, a bit of an impression that I had about China before when I was doing my high school, I always has been following in terms of the education exchanges that exist between Zimbabwe and China. And I thought if I was going to study abroad, maybe China would be the, uh, the best of my choice because mm -hmm. I had a couple of, of, of my friends who were also studying uh, here in China. So I had communicated with them before and um, Fortunately enough, I also uh, came across an agent, and this agent um, actually we was doing, you know, consultancy services and and introduced to me mm. that I also had opportunities for for me to apply to go and start in China. So I, I did apply. There was just after I I got my results from um, my 
uh, high school after finishing my A-level. So that's what happened. And, and, and I found myself here in China. And so far, I think um, I've enjoyed the journey, although it's not easy because when I just came to China, I had a lot of challenges uh, in terms of um, cultural shocks, you know, uh, mm. it's, it's, it's always difficult to cope up with that. Um, you have different languages or language barriers. You also have uh, cultural differences. And when you're trying to blend into the society, to immerse into the society, you cannot integrate into, into this society because of those challenges. So it has been quite um, challenging for me, but uh, I really enjoyed the process because uh, with all these uh, past years. It's so interesting that Eric, that you mentioned when you came to China, I know that based on the brief description that you mentioned, couple things. Not only that the language was the barrier, but also the culture shock. And I believe that being a student that you live in China for many years, despite everything you just said i still want to go back to the question is what are some of the most impressive elements about china that you found and not just the chinese food and not just the chinese language there must be something so personal or something so unique that is attractive to you as a student from zimbabwe all right I think what is more attractive, what I found most impressive is the balance that China managed to achieve in terms of balancing uh, uh, development and, and, and also, you know, the, the preserving nature. Mm. Because I'm based in Hangzhou, so I could feel how uh, beautiful the city is in terms of the, 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 the natural landscape. Because, you know, I relate to that because Zimbabwe also boasts of... Uh, uh, you know, a very rich natural uh, landscape. We have a very, you know, um, beautiful uh, vegetation and, and, and all that. So after coming here with all the digitalization that has been going with all the, the, the modernization, I think you can still see that uh, although there has been a lot of development, but the city um, tried by all means to maintain you know that um, uh, natural aspect of it, which is we we, we did a lot in terms of uh, trying to uh, uh, prevent climate change. So this kind of balance in terms of development and, and preservation of the natural landscape, I think it's one of the most um, impressive things that I've seen here. And also in terms of how the, the, the because I'm based in Hangzhou, right? And I'm someone who really likes uh, exploring things. I've mm. been to many places in China and, and, and always try to, to compare and contrast. You would go to the um, northwestern part maybe you can see some areas that might be you know still uh developing uh, some uh areas that just got out of the poverty recently and uh, you can see that uh, there are a lot of differences between the coastal area of china and, and and the inland but what is more impressive in the area that i'm currently based in which is which is um Chichang province is that mm. uh the the, the income gap uh, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, for those people who are in the city and and and, and rural areas is very small, mm. which is something that is quite impressive. And uh, having this kind of a balance where you have a very a small income gap, 
you know, uh, between the, 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 the those who are staying in the urban areas, in the rural areas. I think it's, a, it's pretty much interesting, impressive for everyone who think about it. But of course, there are some areas in China that still ha have um, um, a very big income gap and they're struggling to actually uh, try to, to chase the goal of common prosperity. So in Hangzhou, in Zhejiang, I've actually seen quite many interesting uh, things. And, and I think this um, very small income gap between the rural and the urban is one of them. Mm. But speaking of Zimbabwe, it's actually one of the countries that most people, again, for our listeners and viewers, that we don't get the chance to know a lot. It's not because we intentionally ignore this country, but also because the reason that it's so as a it's seen as a hidden treasure in this African continent. So from your perspective, how would you describe this country that your home country to today in terms of economic growth and the second part is how would you describe the younger generations in zimbabwe today go ahead eric well uh although zimbabwe has experienced some economic instabilities before and especially during the pandemic period i think we will witness a stable rise in the following period uh you know that the 2021 southern africa outlook uh report by the africa development bank estimated that zimbabwe the zimbabwean economy would experience significant recovery by the end of this year and so far there has been improved vaccinate vaccine uptake in the country and some economic uh, experts have actually anticipated that if vaccination programs are successfully implemented, we would uh, project significant economic growth. Not forgetting that, you know, tourism is also a very important aspect of uh, the Zimbabwean economy. So I, I would give you an example of a tourist resort in Zimbabwe, mm. the Victoria Falls which has become Southern Africa's uh, first city uh, to achieve herd immunity in, in April this year. Wow. With more than 77% of its residents you know, vaccinated, which led to the reopening of the tourism industry, that would be important for our economic growth. And in terms of food security, you know, we, we, we also have experienced a bamboo harvest uh, in the agricultural sector uh, this year. And in 2018, Zimbabwe has also adopted the, 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 the vision 2030, which seeks to see and, and to create an upper middle income uh, in economy by, by, by 2030. And hopefully if everything goes goes well, I think I think we'll be at another level in terms of uh, poverty alleviation and all other aspects of actually trying to ensure that the, 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 the economic development is, is fostered. So, uh, as for the second question, when you asked about the the, uh, the, the youth, I think uh, just like many other uh, countries in Africa, mm -hmm. you might be aware that you know uh, the whole African country, the the whole African continent actually boasts of uh, a, a very young population. Mm -hmm. You know, um, with, with so we would see that. Um, I think in the following years, uh, we are going to try, African countries are going to try to actually uh, leverage and actually to make use, utilizing the, the demographic dividend, whereby the youths would play a very significant role. Uh, 
because uh, when you talk about the youth, I think they are one of those key areas uh, of focus for many economies right now in, mm. in Africa because they are the active population. So um, there are a lot of uh, resources, a lot of investment in education to make sure that youth development is achieved. There is a lot of uh, investment that is ongoing into entrepreneurship and mm. innovation right and 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 to make sure that to make use of the of the of the young population and 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 also i am also i also represent the the the, the youth the youth population so i'm here right now in china studying so that means at the end i i must try by all means also to go back home and actually make some contributions because by myself coming here i have also accumulated some knowledge that i can export uh, back home so i think the zimbabwean uh, young population it actually is the future of the, of the economic development and, and and the prosperity of the country and also uh the continent the whole african continent at large and um yeah i, th I think i think basically that's it and, and and of course when we take a look at at, at african continent at large you would see that the African Union in its agenda, uh, AU Agenda 2063, has actually uh, highlighted the youth as one of the most important um, goals that would require attention in the uh, upcoming years. So there is a lot that will be happening in the future in terms of trying to make sure that, uh, you know, the, the young generation is educated through vocational training, through, you know, uh, tertiary education and many other aspects. And also the younger generation is emancipated and to, to achieve uh, the, the, the Africa we want. So I think basically uh, that's all I can say about about the young generation in African continent and in Zimbabwe specifically. Thank you, Eric, because I am very glad that you are able to mention the word entrepreneurship. And we know that not only the entrepreneurship, it's such a buzzword that in your home country and perhaps across the world, especially in China and and again, you live in China for many years, then you know that statistically speaking, there are 1.4 billion Chinese people. Now, out of 1.4 billion Chinese people, around 400 million people will count it as younger generations. And based on the observation that in this past decades, either before the pandemic or today, more and more young people, especially the millennials, the Generation Z, they are more likely to become entrepreneurs. Now, with that said, a lot of times that people tend to misunderstanding this economic partnership between African nations and China. For example, some countries in this Western Hemisphere, they tend to say that China is laying this, what we called maybe a debt trap or perhaps a, 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 a drawback for African nations to believe that the rise of China, it's actually a, just a mere imagination. So from your perspective, what is the best way to understand this relationship or this economic exchange between China and African nations, excuse me, is it actually is going to work or it's only a mere imagination between those two 
partnership. I understand that uh, Africa is currently uh, uh, actually, you know, uh, China is actually currently Africa's largest tra trading partner and Africa is a, a fast growing market for the Chinese products. And we have been uh, getting uh, good quality products from, uh, at affordable prices from China and African countries also export a lot to China, especially uh, unprocessed and, and processed uh, or value added agricultural product produce. And I'm sure you must be aware of uh, the Ethiopian uh, coffee, South African wine, uh, Ugandan dried fruits. So, so from that kind of uh, perspective, I think you would understand that um, this is a win-win cooperation. Mm. It's uh, a, a common development that is one of the core aspects of uh, China-Africa economic relations. I think... Uh, Recently, in the just ended uh, FOCAC uh, ministerial meeting, uh, a lot has been highlighted as to some of the projects that uh, China is going to, uh, you know, uh, e implement to actually make sure that both the sides would, uh, you know, um, work together in, in, in building even more stronger economic ties. Uh, and, uh, you know, when we take a look at that, I think. The most important thing is that the the, the, the economic relations and economic uh, bilateral uh, cooperation between China and the 54 African countries is mainly based on uh, mutual respect, mm. right? And 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 actually, what you see, uh, as you were just saying, that uh, some other um, uh, regions and perhaps the, the, the Western Hemisphere, that they would uh, maybe uh, have some misunderstandings here and there about the, the, the state of uh, China-Africa economic cooperations. I, I think, um, yeah, there is a lot that is ongoing. And of course, maybe you might also find some, uh, you know, uh, some uh, maybe unpleasant uh, things, uh, you know, in African countries in terms of uh, some small uh, enterprises, ch some Chinese small enterprises that would be operating there. But I think that is just a small percentage. But when we take when we take a look at a at a broader perspective, I think uh, those African uh, those Chinese uh, enterprises that are operating in Africa is contributed a lot in terms of uh, providing em uh, employment for the local uh, mm. population, employment creation, right? And we also have you know infrastructure development, and 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 when they went there, you must understand that. It is the market forces that are actually playing a, a greater role here, that the, the African uh, market is attractive on its own. There is a document that was uh, published, I think this year, by the China-Africa Business Council, that actually highlighted that, you know, one of the things that I didn't actually know before, that, uh, that the private sector itself plays a very significant role mm. uh, in, in terms of the, the uh, economic um, cooperation between China and African countries. So you will see that there is a lot that would be happening and uh, I think we will see a, a fast development in the, in the future in terms of, um, you know, both the, the exports from China to Africa and also the exports from um, Africa to, to China. I think recently during the FOCAC uh, ministerial meeting, 
it was highlighted that uh, China would also uh, want to, uh, to 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 promote the importation of of African products. So I think that's a very good uh, initiative, and we can uh, we will be looking forward to 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 uh, to, to, to that. To, you know, for us as the as the youth, I think we can also make a very positive contribution and in all aspects as you just mentioned that mm. entrepreneurship actually now plays a very significant role so we can see how we can do it. we have a lot of african young entrepreneurs who are based in china some of them who are doing e-commerce importing african products to china same applies to 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 to, to the african countries we have a lot of chinese with that so i think uh, there is a lot that would happen in the future be it uh, from you know government to government bilateral economic relations this is the 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 the, the, the public sector and also you know the, the the private sector as well so i think there's a lot that we can we, we can actually uh, uh you know anticipate 